We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, joined as always by my perfectionist, but in a good way, co-host Rohan Kadi. That can be taken as a negative connotation, but it Rohan, can be. it's a good way for you. Yeah, I, hopefully it's a good thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be a Bucks fan. We're, we're recording right after the Bucks win against the Indiana Pacers. But before we get into all of that, uh, we teased something last week. Uh, on our episode it was something for discord uh people who are in our discord and we are happy to announce that we are partnering with playback which is a service that lets people host online watch parties of games that are in real time so if you're in in our in our watch room our, our party uh what is it called a room, room that's what i'm trying room. that's the word i'm trying to think of i couldn't think of the word uh, you're just going to be in there with us. Ty and I, we're going to be hosting. We're going to have live video of us. There's going to be a chat. Everyone is going to be synced up to the same stream. So you don't have to worry about like people being behind, people being ahead. You can just sort of watch with us. It's sort of like a virtual watch party. It's a great service. We've seen it in action. It works well. You get to uh, You get to watch the games alongside with us, but it's only going to be available for people who are in our Discord tie. Do you want to know how to get into our Discord? I would love to know. And a lot of other people will too. After we teased this last week, I think we got close to like 10 new people into the Discord. So appreciate everyone who reached out and asking or, or following the instructions, I guess, to get in. Rohan, let, let anyone else know who's been left out so far how they can get in too. So you can get in by tweeting at Ty or I or the Eurostep podcast account uh, at R-K-A-T-T-I-J-R at T-I-W-I-N-D-I-S-C-H at Eurostep podcast or just email us Eurosteppod at gmail.com. Uh, you just have to show that you're subscribed to our Substack or that you're leaving a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you can. Five stars only. So that that's it. 
That's it. That's all you have to do. And then you're into our Discord. You're going to be able to get the links to these watch parties. And we are going to be starting our first one on Wednesday, December 2nd. Thursday, December 2nd. Thursday, Thursday, December 2nd against the Toronto Raptors, which is a 6.30 tip at Central Time. We're going to be there. Come join us. It's going to be a ton of fun. Great discussions all around. I'm excited for it, Ty. It's going to be a fun time. Make sure you get into our Discord. Again, make sure that you leave a five-star review, tweet it at us, or proof that you are subscribed to our Substack, gspn.substack.com. It's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. I'm really excited about this platform. I think, you know, we we watch games sort of with with listeners and other Bucks fans, obviously on Twitter, every game just about. That's what that is in a way. And in the Discord, you know, we'll, we'll especially me, I'll, I'll be in there messaging everything else with people. But I think this is going to be like the next level of getting to watch games with us. I think it's going to be fun, right? Like I think, you know, oh, yeah. people, people listen, obviously great takes, great hair. But also I, I just I – like, I like to think people listen because they just – like to shoot the expletive about the Bucks with us in a sense. And it'll be nice to, to kind of watch us watch and we'll be in the chat in there talking and it's going to be a good time. I'm excited for it. So we're going to do probably a couple rooms a month. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So yeah, get in the discord, send us either email or Twitter, a picture of your five star review on the show on Apple or wherever else, or your subscription to gspn.substack.com, which is free. And you can get into the Discord and get access to our playback rooms and watch the Bucks with us. And who wouldn't want to watch the Bucks with exactly. us? Exactly. It's a fun. It's a fun interface. There's opportunities for like us to bring people on stage if possible. It's just going to be a fun time. It's going to be a great fun time. And again, starting on Thursday, December second, against the Toronto Raptors. So uh, make sure you get into into the Discord before then, because it's only going to be available to people who are in the Discord. Exactly. And speaking of getting into, we are about to get into our great conversation. We had a guest on this episode, something I would like to do more. We have so much fun, Rohan, just you and I talking bucks or talking with Adam and or Jordan, of course, on the great Win in Six podcast here on GSPN as well. But there's so many great people covering the bucks now, now more than ever, like not to say the market is saturated as a bad thing, but every time I'm on bucks Twitter, I'm tweeting during a game. It's like, so many great people covering the Bucks, either Twitter, YouTube, whatever it is, making great content. So we grabbed one of them, Jake Reitz at Jaja Reitz on Twitter to just talk about the state of the Bucks, how they're looking this season right after the Pacers game we recorded. And also, of course, DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie, Boogie's a Buck. We got into all of that and more team building philosophies. It was a blast. We compared Bobby Portis to Anthony Davis and Christian Wood, and I think technically Giannis, but it was indirect, whatever. It's a fun pod, so enjoy. And remember, rate five stars on Apple. Send us that picture. Get in the Discord. Subscribe to the Substack. Support the pod. We really appreciate it. And subscribe on YouTube if you're not already. This episode and pretty much all of our episodes are on YouTube. But without further ado, folks, enjoy the pod. As advertised, Rohan and I thrilled to be joined by the excellent Bucks Twitter. I don't even want to say up-and-comer. I feel like you've been dominating for more than a year now. I'm old, so time is moving very quickly. But Jake Reitz, Jake, welcome to the Eurostep. How's it going, man? Great. That's very generous of you. I appreciate that. Um, It's great to be here. First-time podcaster, so 
I'm excited. I am ready to go. Let's let's get it going. Let's see. Either it doesn't. Either either way works for me. Either you're a natural or you have beginner's luck. Hopefully it's the first one, but as long as this goes well, I'll take either of those outcomes. So we're <laughs> recording right after Bucks Pacers. The Bucks beat the Pacers by 18. Um, actually, I, Rohan, I don't think you heard this because you were doing an AirPods thing. Jake has a tremendous stat that is updated after this game. I did not know about. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah, so under Bud, since uh, Bud took over, first the Central Division, they are 45 and four. They are 40 and one when Giannis plays and they're on an active 37 game win streak. So just, just constant domination. And this felt like that again tonight. It did. <laughs> it's ridiculous. 37 straight. When, Wait, when yeah. Giannis can I, plays. Can I guess when the last one was? Yeah, go for it. Um, It's got to be against, I think it was against the Pacers, right? Mm, when Giannis yep. played? Was it yep. 20? Oh God. If he gets the year. Well, I guess you could kind of just do the math. 18? Yep. Let's get it. That's pretty it was good. the the Thad Young Giannis Stopper game. When, oh, when yeah. Thad Young became known as that. So that was the last time they've lost and the only time they've lost when Giannis has played under Bud. That's ridiculous. Just like you said, just dominance over the Central Division. And that was on full display again tonight, like you mentioned, Ty. We're recording right after the Bucks beat the Pacers 118-100, but that was not the major news story of the day. Right before, oh I believe it was like half an hour before game time, we get the Woj, we get the Shams notification that DeMarcus Cousins is signing a one-year non-guaranteed deal, we'll get into that, yeah. with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, this is something that we've talked about, Ty. Just it, it was a wasted roster spot. It was a good old luxury tax saving sitting oh, right man. there. I, I, I will, for the record, I'm not with that jersey being retired. Luxury tax savings. <laughs> I won't miss you. Hasta la vista. He's gone. DeMarcus is in and obviously not in time for this Pacers game. Yeah. But uh, potentially for Wednesday's matchup, uh, Interesting signing. We've been clamoring all year about how they need another big with Brooke still out. Please get well soon, Brooke. But this is a, he's a big guy. He's capable of playing center. Obviously his best years are behind him after his uh, plethora of lower leg slash knee injuries highlighted by his uh, torn Achilles and ACL tear in a span of two years, I believe, which is just awful. Awful stuff, but he sort of rebounded. He was spent half of last year with the Rockets, half of last year with the Clippers, played during the Clippers Western Conference run, and now he's looking to rehabilitate his career, get back to winning ways, and hopefully provide something for this Bucks team. Yeah, I know. I think you were more pro boogie than I was, Rohan. Um, I just I worry about the foot speed defensively with him. I think that's going to be an issue for the Bucks. It will be interesting to see. Can they maximize him the way they maximized Brooke Lopez, who wasn't seen really as a defensive beast when he came to Milwaukee? Obviously, he's not going to be an all-defensive level player, but maybe with a lot of smart, capable defenders around him and a good scheme, the Bucs can make up for that. But although I honestly think, like, people have asked me already, you know, how do you feel? How do you feel? And I keep trying to wait until the pod, but then I send 10 more tweets about how I feel. But honestly, I think it's like it's such a low risk move. You mentioned Rohan, non guaranteed. NBA contracts all have to be guaranteed for rest of the season. I think it's January seven. 
So if the Bucks keep Boogie for a month and a little more than a week, or they haven't signed him yet. Maybe it's just going to be a month. Who knows? Like, there's no guarantee that they cut him, obviously, but the luxury tax spending is quite minimal. Like, it's literally a prorated vet min for the time he was on the roster, which is not much. It multiplies because it's luxury tax, but it's not much. So just to get through both Brooke Lopez being out, which we don't know how long that's going to last, and like Brooke Lopez easing back into action. Maybe Brooke Lopez is back. Giannis takes a game off. Maybe Brooke is, I think probably Brooke will be load managed a little bit um, going forward. Although we haven't really seen that. With Drew and Chris, Brooke obviously older and and back injuries can be a different beast. But I just think for the low risk, it's why not? Why not see if he has something in the tank? And maybe it works out really well. I think bare minimum, it gives you another big body. And they've just needed that lately. Jake, what did you think when you heard the Bucks? Besides from just being shocked that they actually are using the 15th spot, what did you think about the signing? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I got a low risk. I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, I am a little worried about Brooke and what that means for his health at the with the timing of the signing, um, whether it was just decided that we just need the depth now, especially with semi out, or if it's something that they think is there was a setback with Brooke, more long-term, um, something with him health-wise. So um, I'd feel a little bit better uh, if he had more information on Brooke's injury, but I like the low risk of it. And I think a lot of his foot speed stuff can be minimized and drop coverage zone defense with the Bucks play a lot of um, more recently with the zone defense. Um, so I think he could fit in well in those schemes. So I think, again, low risk. I like the signing. Um, just hope that doesn't mean anything for Brooks health. Let's let's get into that. What does this mean for Brooke Lopez? So obviously, one of the things you want to go to right away is like, oh, God, Brooke is He's going to be out even longer, even though he had that report with Shams like last week, two weeks ago, where he's like, I have a target date in mind. I'm not going to tell you what the target date is, but there is one. Trust me. As Adam McGee points out, the audio mysteriously cuts at some point. Was that just a Zoom glitch or was that was that a targeted? We don't know. We never know. We don't know anything. We, We continue to know nothing about Brooke Lopez and his health. Thank you, Bucks. But. I don't know if this means a whole lot. Obviously, like you mentioned, Jake, Shemi is out. He's going to be out for a while now. That is a big, big uh, spot in the rotation that is gone. Unfortunately, number 37 is going to be sidelined for a little bit. I got you, Ty. Don't worry. Um, it's going to be, it's looking a little thin at the front court rotation, especially with the Nasus being excess from the rotation and maybe a little deservedly so. But You just need more bigs in general. Like we've talked about before, Bobby Portis, even though he's getting better, he's best suited not to play as a center. He's best suited to play as a four, even though, like I just mentioned, he's been doing better. He's been doing better. He hasn't been getting picked on as much recently, but you just need some insurance. Plus, you don't have to waste all of those minutes with Giannis at the five, sort of get him, you know, take a beating at the five for long periods of time. Just let it coast through the regular season. I think that's what more this move is about. Again, knowing nothing about Brooke Lopez's health, it could be the fact that Brooke Lopez is going to be out a significant period of time. We don't know. I'm inclined to say that that's probably not the main reason, though. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I guess the question you would ask then is why not sooner? And I think number 37's injury is a factor in this. I mean, every time... The Bucks brain trust, aka Horst and Bud, mostly Bud because Horst just doesn't do that much media because most GMs don't 
Look up for a fun fact. Look up the last time Kobe Altman took questions. I think it's been like a very long time. But um, with him going out, he was the guy that kept saying, though, uh, number 37 on the Bucks, that, oh, he he's going to play a lot of center. Like he's going to be a big, he's going to be in our big rotation. So now who knows how long Brooke is still out. We've, we're beating a dead horse a little bit, but it's not entirely our fault. It is relevant literally all the time with how important he is to the team. But now you lose another member of the quote-unquote big rotation. So really, for the next, we'll say two weeks, I think that's the timeline for, for the injury and the one that we know about at least, They it's it's uh, not, not Brooke, unfortunately. It's Bobby and Giannis, and that's about it. I mean, we're seeing Rodney Hood play more. Results there have been mixed. We might get to that a little bit later. I think Jordan Wara, who obviously a lot of fans would love to see step into that bigger role, He's gotten his chances. He hasn't been very consistent on either end. So I think this is the Bucks saying, hey, at some point, Giannis is going to miss a few games. Happens pretty much every year. His knees get sore. I mean, stuff just happens. He's played a huge load. I think he's missed, what, one all year? Is it just the Celtics game? I think that's the only yep. one. Like, when he's out, Bobby starts at center, and then what? Rodney Hood is the center for 20 minutes of the game? That's terrible. That's objectively terrible. That's not sustainable. Maybe maybe you do break glass on TA in those minutes, or maybe you bring in DeMarcus Cousins at no cost to the roster. You don't have to cut anyone to do this, and you see what he's got left. Like, the interesting thing about Boogie is the actual contribution to winning is we'll see offensively and defensively we'll see there will be raw production like last year as a role player on the clippers he averaged 21 12 2.8 assists 2.3 steals one block per 36 like he's not playing a ton of minutes anymore but in his minutes it's like a, a my player on 2k it's like you play eight minutes and you have like all the blocks all the rebounds all the turnovers all the all the attempted shots so at least it won't be one of those where you don't know what you're getting. Like, he's going to shoot. He's going to put some points up. The defensive end, we'll see. But I do think it's just largely beneficial. And I'm just going to choose to be an ostrich, put my head on the sand, not pretend any bad news on Brooke as a part of this. It's just the right move. And also, it's cheaper now than it was a month ago. It costs less to do. So that could be a factor as well. Who knows? Definitely. I think it could be a factor. You know what? A month of luxury tax savings. That's like, uh, ah, I wish I knew the calculation offhand, but it's, it's, it's not an insignificant amount of money. It's like a Snickers bar to us if you scale it down, but yes, like, it's, it's true. Like LeBron suspension saved the Lakers half a mil in luxury tax savings for one game. So who knows how much the bucks are saving with I, this one month. All Does that I, only matter if it's guaranteed? Yes. yes. Okay. So oh, you like you mentioned, someone that. with non-guaranteed money punch someone in the face. <laughs> uh, don't give me any ideas. All right. <laughs> Yorgos, get out there. We're playing the Pistons. <laughs> I don't know why it has to be Isaiah Stewart, but it does. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Um, but yeah, January 7th is the date you said, Ty, yep. that was correct. I did check that. Thank so that's you. the date where, uh, it has to be guaranteed by, so we'll see. There's a little bit of a trial period. This is a guy who's talked about at length in the past about how he just wants to win. He wants to wear a ring. He has a specific finger. He <laughs> wants to wear his ring on. Uh, I'm not going to say which one, but, uh, if you know anything about Boogie, you could probably guess. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be able to figure it out, but it should be it should be good. I'm excited to see, like, uh, I think it was uh, Josh Eberly who just tweeted about this. Just uh, one month in, ask Boogie about the Giannis AD comps, see what he has to say about it. Uh, we're like just that. collecting former Pelicans at this point. Everyone except Anthony Davis, just to prove that Giannis <laughs> can take these players and take them to victory. Uh <laughs> It's a, it's a tradition unlike no other. Who are we going to see next? I have no idea. Solomon Hill. Uh, Rondo. 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 Oh, God. <laughs> it's needed. Oh, my goodness. Hey, playoff Rondo. I'll take it. Um, yep. Solomon Hill. Omer Ashik. Can we bring oh. him? I think Omer Ro- had to. I think that was a medical thing. He had to retire, oh, unfortunately. No. I think Ryan, Ryan Anderson, Anderson still has one. Yeah, he has one knee left, I think, so somewhere. Yeah. He's on the Rockets, isn't he? Technically. No. I He's swear. been out of the league. Is he? Oh, yeah, uh, I think he was last on the Heat. Oh my God! I I will say there was a period of time I thought expanded role Alexis Ajinsa could be like so good. Like I thought he could be like eighty percent of peak DeAndre. Jordan. No, I don't know why he couldn't. There was a time I thought he could, but the Bucks don't need a big. They have Boogie now. Rohan, are you really looking up to see if Ryan Anderson is? 1920 was the last no, year he, he played two games. I, I saw I saw that he was on the Rockets because he was at Rockets practice the other day, just sort of helped oh. out. So that's why I got confused. Maybe going to be a coach or something. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, why not? He that that organization gave him a lot of money. <laughs> that they did. Was that? Did they give him and Chandler Parsons the bag? Oh no, he went to he went to Dallas. That's right. Dallas, yeah. Dallas gave it. Uh, Cuban and him in the nightclub when Cuban gave him all that money. Age so poorly for the Mavs, it's just it's hard to even put into words. Okay, the Bucks though. Enough talk about. Actually, actually, I have one more quick boogie question before we get to the Bucks. 
Jake, I'm going to make you go first. You're the guest. Spot of honor. First on the hot seat. All right. Do we think the three-point shooting is going to translate? I think 42% last year, super low volume, like 19 attempts. But he is shooting them now. I think he started still when he was with the Kings. I covered the Kings for like two years. It was a big deal. Back then, it was like, oh, my God, why would he ever shoot them? He's a center. Now it's like, of course, he would try. But do we think he's actually going to take and make some threes on the Bucks? Um, yeah, I don't know if that will necessarily be his role in the second unit. I'd like to see him get more rim pressure and try to run pick and rolls and get to the rim, do some post-ups and stuff like that. Um, and lineups with Giannis, I'd like to see him look to shoot the three, let it fly. Um, I hope it will translate. Um, haven't seen Boogie play in a, a year or two. So, um, hot take, yes, it will translate. We'll leave it at that. I don't think the attempts are really going to translate. I mean, actually, maybe from the Clippers, realistically, because with the Clippers, he took 1.2 a game, 19 total attempts. Uh, I don't think he's going to be shooting that many threes. We've even seen that with the decline of Brook Lopez's three-point rate in recent seasons. It's just it's something that the Bucs have really shied away from. Again, uh, if he's in transition and he wants to really be a, be a little lazy, he could be like Brook Lopez just hoisted up as he's getting back on, de- uh, on offense. But I don't think uh, I don't think Boogie's going to have that sort of reign that uh, that Brooke Lopez does. But uh, no, in all seriousness, I don't I don't really I'm not counting on it per se, and I'm not really expecting it. But I don't think it'll be that big of an issue. I'm wondering if like most of his Bucks threes are like you mentioned, Rohan, the trailing threes. That's where I could see him taking maybe one a game if he's playing like 15 minutes, right? Like. Everyone else is up the court. Boogie's taken a while because he's Boogie and he's huge and he's played for a long time now. And somebody kicks it back to him because, you know, five guys are on Giannis or whatever it is. I I could see him taking and making some there. Not sure how much we'll see him in the corners. I think if we see him in the corners too much, it might not be working out. Like, I don't think that's really the goal. But it never hurts if he's at least a little bit stretchy, right? Like, anytime you're on a team with Giannis, it helps if you can be a little stretchy. But okay. We'll see. He's a big dude, 6'10", 270. He's huge. Yeah, he's, 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 he's legit big. big. I, you know what? I will say transition time. This Pacers game, the Bucks won the rebounding battle. I think that was really kind of what swung it for them. Also, I mean, they just deed up really well. Bobby Portis threw DeMontis Sabonis into a locker, which is just tremendous. Not literally. I should clarify that. We've had some fights <laughs> in the NBA this year, uh, but figuratively threw him into a locker. But I think the Bucks, we've seen them, as you alluded to earlier, Rohan, like Bobby Portis in particular, rebounding better, weaponizing the size a little bit better. It will be nice to have more options to do that. But I think this Bucks team, the one silver lining of this whole period without Brooke Lopez has been, I think they've had to figure out, you know, they've had to play without the safety net of Brooke always boxing out, always tapping out rebounds to other guys. So I think they're going to love having him back. I think they're going to be way better when he plays. But I do think that we're seeing them figure some stuff out without him that the earlier weeks were just terrible. So um, we can really go almost any direction. Jake, again, oh, this this one's easy. You don't have to produce a take. But what's been jumping out to you about the Bucks, either against the Pacers or just lately that you want to start talking about here? Um, I would say for both, the, the presence in the paint. Um, with Brooke out, that was desperately missing. I feel like the Bucks have gotten better at protecting the paint and also attacking the paint. Um, on defense, they've switched up the schemes a little bit with running more zone, um, keeping Giannis in the middle there. That's helped a lot with 
um, positionally, him being able to protect the rim and then also for rebounding him, just being right there, uh, making it easier for him to box out and not be on the perimeter, having to crash the boards. Um, and also in pick and roll coverage, they've run a little more drop I've noticed. Um, and I, I think that has just helped out a lot, um, keeping the, the opponents out of the paint and then also the rebounding. So I think that's a probably a good place to start. They're just playing big. They're playing. They're. I don't want to say this because it sounds it's it's not in vogue right now because the team is struggling right now. But it kind of feels like the bubble Lakers a little bit in the sense that they're really imposing themselves physically. If you want to play multiple bigs at a time, we're going to take advantage of that. And that's what's plaguing the Lakers right now is that they can't take advantage of the fact that they're playing multiple multiple bigs. But it, it sort of feels like that. You're getting the good production. I guess, is Bobby Portis Anthony Davis in this situation? <laughs> don't know. Uh, That's I, a good comp. That's I good think comp. so. I don't know. I don't know. Might is be Anthony Davis to closer Bobby. to Bobby or Giannis? That's probably Ooh. the proper take. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. okay. We getting spiced. That's good. That's yes, good. 100%. Uh, <laughs> but in, <laughs> in this situation, it, it does equate because you get um, you get Bobby sort of providing that offensive spark while you also have Giannis there to clean every, everything up defensively and Bobby's starting to be able to hold his own, like I mentioned earlier. You're just sort of seeing them like, okay, we're bigger than you, we're stronger than you. This is just a regular season game. We're just going to go out there and beat you down. And it's it's working. Like you're seeing this, even though they – couldn't really buy a three-point bucket to start this game. What did they finish? Eight of 35, yeah, they, they 22.9%. Point. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's it's basically the opposite of the Magic game uh, last uh, last Monday. But they still managed to win by double digits because they can just impose themselves, weaponize their size. That's what we've been clamoring for all throughout the last playoff run. It's just, it's great to see them realize like this sort of switch is flipped. It's like, we're just going to, we're just going to back you down. We're going to put you in the basket. I think Drew is just a perfect encapsulation of that in that he's the point guard of the team, obviously. And even though there's multiple big bodies around him, he's still going to get to his spots. He's still going to take his defender. He's going to make the right reads if he's doubled. And if he's not doubled, he's just going to score or at least get a good shot off. It's just, it's great to see this team sort of realizing their identity again. And that's what I've been taking away from this sort of seven game winning streak now, right? Seven. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're five, just five at home, two on the road. Yeah. They're just imposing themselves. They're finding themselves and they're determining their identity, which is great to see this early in the season still. I also feel like just a lot of guys are rebounding really well right now. Like Pat and Pat has seven tonight. George Hill has six tonight. Rodney Hood with four off the bench. Giannis obviously 13. Bobby only six. His one offensive rebound was so loud, though. Like, I feel like every time he has one of those plays, like, I get amped watching and, like, quote-unquote covering the game. The crowds always get a little amped. Obviously, they were in Indy tonight, but at Fiserv, I mean, they would have just been going insane. And I think it's always a little funny that Bobby kind of gets bigger cheers than anyone on the team, sometimes including Giannis. But I think there is just like an infectiousness to his energy. But going back to what you mentioned earlier, Jake, about the defense and switching up the defensive coverages, I feel like they just pull out a lot of stuff now. I mean, there was a point in the, I want to say second quarter, where they were switching like really well, like flying around the court, getting the shooters. I remember they gave up, right when I was going to tweet it, 
They gave up a three to Chris Duarte. It was like sort of open. He's a guy who will just shoot that anyway. And it wasn't wasn't a great look to give up. I think Pat drifted a little bit too far, too close to the ball handler. But I think they of a lot of this game, they were switching really well. It finally doesn't look like they learned switching five minutes ago, which it did for a lot of the last regular season. I think they're hedging a lot of pick and rolls. I saw a lot this game. Bobby is hedging when he's the big, and then they're scram switching to get him back out away from the perimeter. And I think that's something that's probably the most effective thing they do with him. This just straight up switching is fine, but when you do it under a guy like Tatum, like we saw in the Celtics game, you're just giving up too many good shots. But if you do the scram switch, like just get guys moving, you're not giving up those great shots. You're really you're giving opponents like two seconds to hoist the open shot or make the play. And if they don't do it, they lost their advantage. So just seeing and the zone, which I was so anti-zone last year, they're doing it okay now. They're figuring some stuff out with the zone. It's just like, I think so many of my takeaways about this team are you look at them and you go, a lot of what's happening is very promising when you think about the playoffs. Like they're going to be comfortable running like four defenses they were comfortable running like one and a half to start last postseason. Like someone like Grayson Allen coming in and being this effective and hitting shots. Pat Connaughton looking better than ever. Like Giannis continuing to get better. You know, Chris and Drew doing their thing. Like I just feel like so much of what hasn't worked for the Bucks has been stuff where it's like either a random one-off or, okay, yeah, they're not great when Justin Robinson plays. He's on a two-way. He's not going to play a rotation minute in the playoffs. Like, they're going to be a lot better. I think you can look at the top nine or so guys on this team, probably 10 if you consider Dante, who's now dunking again, and go, they're rock solid and they can do more stuff than ever. I just think I've overall, even though they've been disappointing record-wise, I think now tied for fourth with Chicago, I believe, so getting back to home court. But it doesn't matter that much to me. Like I just think the signs have been really positive for this Bucks team. It's it's been really positive. It's hard to really, it's hard to really be upset with what they're doing right now. Given again, we should contextualize all of this. The guy, the teams they've been beating recently aren't like world beaters by any Indy's by any okay. stand. Indy's okay. Indy's, in what world is Indy okay? Let me see where they're at. Wait, it's not great. What are they? Yeah. Nine and 13. thirteen. Nine and thirteen. Is that a play-in team? Play-in teams are okay. They're not even. They're still play-in. missing guys. I mean, TJ Warren's not there, and they just got. I mean, Levert was out for a while, but it always feels like they're injured. Brogdon's going to take twenty games off throughout the year. Turner. That's still this is, team. This team ninth. is. They're ninth. That's what? Not bad. They're ninth in the East. No, they're not. Oh, this is last year. Sorry. <laughs> They're 13th. They're 13th. It's not good. Regardless. Regardless. It hasn't been. Only three games out of 10th. That's one of the teams they beat. Not bad. Pretty cool. Because they have, they've had an easy schedule. They played the Lakers twice already. Ah, Hey, there we go. I was waiting for that. Oh my goodness. But regardless, it hasn't been like an insanely good opponents that they've been beating up on, but that's just, it's just what happens. You know, it's, it's, you can't really control those sort of aspects. So whenever the Bucks play a good team again um, with this team healthy, it'll be then then I'll start feeling a little I, I'm obviously still feeling comfortable with what they're doing now. But I just want to keep seeing it build and build because it's like what happens if you go against a team like the Suns? What happens if you go against a team like like the Heat as much as it pains me to say? 
or the the wizards. <laughs> the wizards. You need I can't to be stopped. Good. The wizards are not good. The wizards are what not good. Mean? The five wizards fans in existence. Feel free to save this. I have like two of them that follow me. So. Uh, me too. Good people. I'm sorry. Not a top five team in the East by, let me think, end of January. I don't know about that. Yeah. They we'll might see. be they all right. pretty good. Yeah. And it's not like Beal's been incredible or Dinwiddie's been incredible. They're no, it's been their like defense. The, exactly. Exactly. Like the defense might regress a bit, but their offense has to pick it up as well, especially from the top two guys. Uh, but whatever. The Wizards are fine, Ty. Don't be hating on the Wizards. Fine. Is I, if, I agree with fine. Sixth in the East is fine. Okay. <laughs> but that's what so I'm saying. I'm saying they're not a top. I, I just, they're better I'm, than the I'm Pacers. Yeah, I, you, you, I'm not. Dis- I don't disagree. With I don't know what. Okay, whatever. I don't disagree. Um, with that. Regardless, yes. whether it holds up against good teams, irregardless. That's, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it remains to be seen, but I don't know. It, it's hard not to feel good about this team right now. That's just not. It's it's just good vibes all around, and especially what we've been talking about defensively. But here's where we shift a little bit. This team is struggling, struggling at points a little offensively, but we've seen some different things, right? We've seen some different lineups being used, especially it was uh, last game against, who did they play? The Pistons? Nuggets. Nuggets, excuse me. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the zombie we saw Nuggets, to be clear. The zombie yeah, Nuggets. Nobody, yeah. yeah. Um, we saw a little bit more of Drew Holiday being used in lineups where he was the only starter and he was starting to feast a little bit more. And I think that sort of drives our conversation a little bit towards Drew Holiday, who's been he's been chucking a little bit, but he looks he looks better offensively than he did to start the season. Ty, where, where, what do you want to talk about with Drew Holiday? So much of it I like. I'm rubbing my temples. So much of it I like. Some of the threes this guy attempts, like Alcatraz. The step back corner. Oh, my God. All the time. It's like he gets the big on him. The big is not that far away from him. Seven steps back into a contested three. I think he was one for seven. He led the Bucks in shot attempts against Indiana. He had 21 shots. Giannis had 15, although Giannis did have 10 free throw attempts. But nobody else was within six besides Giannis. Seven of those 21 are threes. He's one for seven. That's really the thing. It's great that Drew is confident enough to keep shooting. It saved them against the Nets, although you could argue maybe a little better shot selection along the way. They wouldn't have need saving. Regardless, it worked out. They won a championship. But it's like, don't take seven threes. Like his one make was a catch and shoot three. If you're going to take three or four, we'll say, Catch and shoot, open threes, that's fine. You actually have to take those. It's bad for the team if you don't, if your name isn't Giannis, because Giannis can get away with that because he's incredible at everything else. But those kill me. Like, honestly, even a missed layup here and there, it feels like he has gotten a lot better over the last couple weeks at those. Doesn't even bother me that much. Like, it happens. You know what? Layups are hard. I'm not good at layups either. I'm not in the NBA, granted, but I'm a better shooter than layup maker. It's difficult to do. I think it's an underrated thing on how hard it can be. But if he wants to biff a layup, that's fine. Like, at least the process was good. The seven threes kills me. Like, he just takes way too many step-back threes. I know he made them at a 40% clip last regular season. It did not translate. It has not translated to this season. It feels great when they go in, which is awesome. But that's that's the thing with me. Like, I think overall he looks a lot better. I think he is 
contributing a lot of points. He's been a straight-up great playmaker this year, nine assists again against Indy. I think all the time I look down at the box score, and he is responsible for way more assists than I would have thought. He just casually sprays good passes. But my goodness, the threes. Like If he would just cut like half of those threes, basically the step-backs, most of them, I think he would be so much more effective. But still, it's great to see him do pretty much everything else well for this winning streak or most of it because that was probably my biggest outside of injury stuff. Like Buck's anxiety was like, is he really not able to make layups anymore? Because that is going to be a problem eventually. But uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on on Drew's offense? Yeah, I think the last couple of games specifically, he's got been a, or done a better job at getting to the rim and then finishing. Um, looking at his stats on the year, I think that's coming into this game. He was shooting 48% at the rim, which compared that to last year, he was at 66%. So obviously a big decline there. Um, but I, again, I, I think the last couple of games has been better. The step back threes earlier in the shot clock, I agree, need to go. Um, especially in the corner, I, there's just a bad angle. And it's, when he hit the side of the backboard, I was yes, like, ooh. That one was That, that, one, was that one was brutal. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think it, I think he's playing his way back in the, the game shape. Um, and, I mean, there's no offseason, all of that with the Olympics, the playoffs, all of that. So I think he's, he's getting there. He's getting closer. Um, I'd say on both ends, he's looked better. The last couple of games defensively, he's looked really good. Um, held uh, Brogdon to 5 of 12 shooting. Um, and Brogdon just overall looks not great. Um, so I, I'd give Holiday a lot of credit on both ends tonight. Um, and in general and playmaking and everything like that's been there. So overall been happier um, with the progress he's made and hopefully you can just continue to get that going in that same trajectory. I think one of the main issues that comes from Drew Holiday, just sort of taking all these threes is he's being like, it's, it goes back to what I was saying with the lineups where he's the only starter and he's being tasked with uh, just sort of being the primary creator, being the guy who's just sort of taking all the shots in that sort of respect. So he's going to feel a little bit, I given a lot of those attempts also came when Giannis and Chris were out there, but it's just, uh, he, he seems like when it's his time to shine, he wants to really put on a show in that regard. And a lot of the time it works. He puts his head down, he gets to the rim given, like you mentioned, guys, it's just like the layups have been coming and going mostly coming nowadays, but it's just that that's good process. But just the the step back threes is sort of, uh, it's tough. It's real, real tough. But I think it's something that we can live with a little bit in the sense that if he wants to take those when he's the only starter and he's being tasked with creating a lot of the offense, he's a little tired from the defensive end, sure, it's fine. Have your couple of shots a game. You know, like, we we get uh, we get Mamu playing in these games, so you can uh, you can take some extra shots if you really want to sort of improve your game. And uh, if he tones it down in the playoffs, that'll be better. But in the regular season, I'm not really sure if it matters all too much. It probably doesn't, but I'll still I'll still be pensive about it. I still don't love it. It's not it's not something I enjoy a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is really like on my mind lately about the Bucks. I also just want to bring up Pat. I, I just think I can't do it too often. He's just been so good. Like he's been on a game where he's one for six from the field, five for five from two. Again, just continues to convert 
tough layups. He made a falling down mid-range jumper when he was wide open at one point. Seven assists, or excuse me, seven rebounds, two assists, one steal. No turnovers for Pat, who had 14 points. He's just going to average double-digit scoring this year. Like, earlier in the season, it was kind of like, okay, he's shooting hot. They're without a lot of guys, so he's taking more shots. It was like Grayson's averaging 17. Like, when Chris is out, that's not going to hold. Pat's averaging whatever he was at that point, like 12, 13. That's probably not going to hold either. Now I think it is. Like, I think he's going to score, like, 12 points, more games than not. Again, a game where he's one for six from deep. He has 14, and none of his shots, to me, really felt all that forced. I guess a lot of my optimism for the Bucks earlier that I was talking about. And Rohan, do you count the Hornets as a, a, a good-ish team? That's who they play on Wednesday. They're fine. Yeah, I think, I think they're frisky. I think they have a negative point differential. Are they the, the – that's the team? I know there's – They just I lost think, to the Rockets last night, too. That was a heck of a game. They they are what we thought, or at least what I thought the Bulls were going to be. Like, their offense is great. They're super fun. They don't play any defense whatsoever. The Bulls have figured that out so far. Also, not sure that's going to hold up all year either. I know that's – people are getting yelled at for saying that online. God, I sound terrible when I talk like that. But I, I You're just think, asking to be yelled at, realistically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's like – Certain form of never, never mind, never mind. But um, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to hold like it has. I mean, they've been good, not great. But who cares about the Bulls? We'll we'll talk about that when they play. You the brought them up. I know, I know. That's why I'm trying to move on. But I, the role players playing well, I think, is what has me excited. I just feel like they've got a really good fit um, around Giannis and and the the big three. And I would say the core four, but we've only seen them for one game. But I think the big three, they're undefeated when all three play, which is great. And I think George Hill has started to really impress me with the way he's played. But the big question now is, what is going to be the answer for, like, the backup true, like, stretch four? Like, we know Pat can kind of do it. They still want someone bigger, right? Like, you're not going to put Pat on KD. You would ideally like to have a bench player. You are comfortable with doing that. So as is tradition on this pod, we'll throw to Jake first again. Do you feel more comfortable about Rodney Hood, number 37, Jordan Wara, or is there just clearly another move coming, not the boogie thing, but another move coming to add someone who can do that? Because to me, it doesn't feel like any of those options have been like, oh, hell yeah, that guy's a playoff player. Yeah, I think there's another move to come. Um, I was hopeful that Semi would fill that role. Um, What I've seen from him this year just hasn't been enough on either end. Um, yeah, outside of that, uh, internally, I would think maybe going smaller might be an answer with Dante and then having Grayson in there as well. Um, and trying that going three guards and then Chris at the four, um, or Pat in there trying the four, but outside of that, I don't think internally right now they had the, the correct formula to go small consistently in the playoffs. I have an answer for you. I don't oh know boy. if you guys are going to like this. Oh boy. Sandra. No, he goes by – he's not on the roster. Uh, he, his basketball reference nickname is Optimus Dime. Um, Beautifully, John guess. Wall at the four? Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen, I will say I, I did get asked. How – what? Well, first of all, before, before you start, how on earth did you know that his name was Optimus Dime? I know how John did you... Wall facts. I gave it away. You don't know John Wall stuff? Optimus Dime. That was his nickname for eight minutes. 
I can't say I recall that, but go on. I was a big John Wall guy. If John Wall wants to come on a buyout, absolutely. I was against this earlier. I'm at the point now where it's like, let's try it. Let's give it a shot, right? Non-guaranteed deal. Um, don't give him as much as the Knicks gave Kemba. Turns out those moves can go wrong, as we're seeing with the Knicks and Kemba. Poor Kemba. I like Kemba. Um, but I, 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 he's not a four. He's not helping you there. Um, but... I mean, hey, just let's let's call George Hill what he is, probably more of a two or at least a combo guard than a one at this point. We saw that like when Drew was out, there was just not a lot of juice from the bench in terms of shot creation, especially with Bobby either out or starting. Like George Hill, I think he's such a good connector. I don't think he's a ball-dominant guy anymore just at this point in his career. So John Wall would be fun, Optimus Dime. I don't think there's any way they buy him out. I don't think there's any way the Bucks trade for him. I do hope he gets to play there, though. Like, this situation is getting kind of ugly in Houston. Like, he clearly wants to play. We'll see, like, how bad he really wants to start, or is that just the way Houston is framing it to get him not to play? I don't know, but that's an ugly thing. Like, they need to stop acting like Kevin Porter Jr. is the next John Wall because he's pretty clearly not based on their 1-15 record with him as the point guard. Um, and Bobby Portis is way better than Christian Wood. That's my last Houston Rockets. Is that spicy? Is that spicy? It's a little spicy. Jake doesn't no. think it's spicy. No. Bobby? Bobby's way better. I mean, we did just compare him to Anthony Davis. Yeah, he's closer to Anthony Davis than, than Christian Wood. Oh, you know, Ooh, that's a good I agree, one. Though. I think I agree, though. Uh, but no, realistically, to answer the question that I sort of sidetracked, in terms of like a backup for, I'm not really sure if they're on the roster right now. Like, realistically, I haven't put my head down and gotten like a good list of who's available yet. I might do that soon. But it's just they need they need someone to step up from this group of guys or they're going to need to make a move. And we know John Horst, he loves making these moves. He loves his midseason trades. Uh, some work out, some don't. But he he's definitely going to be on the market for a four, whether it comes through bio, whether it comes through trade. There's going to be a four that is added. It's just tradition at this point. But I don't know if they're on the roster in terms of like the actual answer. I will say there there isn't a ton of fours on the market either, especially yeah. at that the price range that works for the Bucks. Um, I would love Thad Young, but he's at fourteen million unless he's getting bought out. That's not a realistic option. Um, there's just not a ton. A favor. Yeah, right. But there's just not a ton in general um, in the league right now. There used to be a surplus of fours that could fill either three and D or specifically stretching the floor at the four. That was a big thing. But obviously with the more important having the defensive aspect of the four. Um, there's not a ton of people that fill that role in the NBA right now. You know, it'd be really funny is if they somehow managed to get Tory Craig back from the Pacers. I saw I'd him. Just be- I think he missed everything with a three at one point, a wide open three in this game. And I was like, oh yeah, that's the the secret weapon the Suns took from the Bucks and used to beat, beat them. Oh wait, that's not how that happened at all. Is he getting, um, a, is he getting a ring ceremony in his first home game? Have they had one yet? Didn't they? Play I don't the know if they have. Or no? I don't think they've played them at all. No, I don't think so. I if if they give him one, don't do a ceremony, right? Like just fed. <laughs> DJ it. Wilson gets one, right? I believe so. Oh, at least he gets offered one. I guess. Yeah. Oh. Do they have to do it like the way I got my diploma from UW Oshkosh? Came home one day. 
It was laying face down on my porch. It wasn't even, it wasn't even in the mailbox. And it would have fit, like, it, sticking out. It was like somebody just threw it out of a moving car. They were like, congrats. Like, we know you have loans. You're not going to donate anytime soon. Whatever. Here it is. That's how they should give rings to the guys, especially Tory Craig, who played against them. Not his fault, but played against them in the finals. Um, DJ I would say he did more to help the Bucks win than he would have on the bench of the Bucks. So. He did. He did more than DJ Wilson did. <laughs> DJ Augustine also also ring eligible, I guess. Um, I will say the names the Discord threw out uh, like last week. One was Robin Lopez, who that's obvious, and this is just like not for this specific sp- like need, but just buyout guys. Um, that probably not happening now. He might get bought out, but probably not coming to the Bucks now that they have Demarcus. Although. Maybe if is Demarcus the stretch four? No, we might be the no. small ball four. No, <laughs> God, I hope not. Yeah, foot speed's a concern. Let's just move him down a position. That sounds pretty foolproof. Um, I really hope not. But uh, actually, maybe who knows? Demarcus is not guaranteed. Maybe if Rallo does become available, they would make that switch. It would be pretty easy to do so. But um, the other names with Dad Young, who if if he gets bought out, oh my God, that would be an incredible buyout. Like trying to think the most impactful we thought marvin williams was going to be one of those guys it didn't really work out but he was he was okay that would be a huge buyout though thad young is good and then mo harkless who i'm just like no he just can't do offense he just doesn't do offense you have ta already you have ta you have mo harkless at home what about uh, Al Farik Aminu? He's that's the there, name somewhere. I and was. That's the name I was thinking of. I was googling him right now. <laughs> I just, I just think of the the Blazers yes. and him being wide open for three for three straight postseasons and him hitting nothing. But maybe it'd be different in Milwaukee. Uh, he is <laughs> usually it's not in the direction <laughs> in Milwaukee. Over yeah. his <laughs> since the start of the 2019-20 season, so the last two years, not this one because he hasn't played anywhere. El Farouk shooting a solid 23% from deep. That's nice. a small sample size. Ty, do you yeah, think you can match trust that? Us. You said you're a shooter. In 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 the games I play, I could probably match that. In NBA games, no. On an outdoor court in, in scenic Oshkosh, Wisconsin, I could probably hit 29. Or what was it, 23? 23%? Yeah. It is a small sample. He's only played like 40 games, which is kind of telling. Over the last two years, he's only played 40 games. He had an injury, I think, somewhere in there, but yeah. yeah. Just the, the point stands that there's not a there's not a ton of options that are realistic for this team. So if we're being like completely realistic, you're gonna need like a shemmy to pop. Number 37, sorry, Ty. You can say uh, it. it's just me because I'm I doing was, it out of respect. Okay. Yeah, like the barrier yeah. thing. I got you. Yeah, come on. Uh or like if Rodney Hood could figure it out, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. But that's going to be that's since the center is sort of figured out, let's say for now, in terms of like that was the biggest glaring hole on the roster was a backup five or like a five in general with Brooke out. Now that they've got Boogie, the next hole is really a backup four. Would so. you would either of you, whoever I won't make Jake go first if he doesn't want to. Would either of you trade Dante for Darius Baisley or Kenrich Williams? Give me Baisley. No. You would do the Baisley one? I don't know. Yeah, why not? I, I don't know if he's better than a guy you could just sign is the issue. I, I Listen, I did say Dante for Lopez, Robin Lopez, which I feel a little iffy about now. We'll see, I guess, how DeMarcus looks. But 
I think that's a step too low even for me. Like Kenny Hustle, great story. Just neither of these guys can do anything on offense. So it's like I feel like you could just find someone or again, like if you really just want a guy who can play some hard defense and nothing on offense, we do have the Nassis already. I mean, I can't believe, Rohan, you didn't yell at me for not mentioning him as an option. I mean, I know it's there. It's sitting in my back pocket. You know, so I'm Jokic waiting for the right stopper, time. Why can't he be a KD stopper? See, see, the stock is so low right now that I can't really say anything right now. So yeah. I'm just, I'm keeping that, I'm keeping that silent so I don't get laughed at. But uh, I don't know. I feel like Dante is almost to some cost at this point because, like, who knows if he's ever going to play again? See, like, I'm a sucker. I saw him dunk, and I'm like, whoa, okay, whoa, we're going places now. My this, I will say, my original take to give myself some credit. And walk back some of my Dante, we'll say slander. It's not even really slander. It's just low. He'll tweet at you again, Ty. He probably will. Hi, Dante. Um, My original take was you don't trade him unless you get better now. Like you, I don't think they would ever trade him if he's going to play again for like a pick if they think he would help them win. So if he can get back to anywhere close to where he was, even if that's now a bench player on the Bucks. It's still a useful player, and unless it was part of another move, I don't think they would cut down their own depth for a future asset. Like the Bucks just have not been a team that does stuff like that while contending. Cut down the their future, spot. their depth. He's not playing. I said if. I said if they view okay. him as a playable playoff piece, and he's dunking, so maybe he gets back sooner rather than later. But I think that maybe the trade could be if he comes back in January or December, even plays until the deadline, looks good. Maybe you flip him for another young player with question marks who happens to be closer to the four than the two. And no, I don't mean Marvin Bagley, who makes too much money and is not a defensive stopper or a four by any means. But I don't know, even know who's out there. I had a pipe Lou Dort. Year. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's oh. a dynasty. If they trade Dante for Lou <laughs> Dort. I mean, hey, maybe OKC does it if you throw in a second-round pick or something. I mean, that's... That's Sam Presti's uh, modus operandi. But last year, my pipe dream was Dante for um, John Collins, which obviously was not going to happen. No. Nope. But now they have Bobby, so they're they're actually better off. And I'm just dropping a lot of Bobby takes. There's a lot of Bobby takes on this pod. This is a pro Bobby podcast. Now, earlier this year, it was for Sexton, who the, the Cavaliers don't want to pay. But now he's out for the year, so now it's like, that is a future asset if you trade for him and sign him, and it, you have to pay a lot of tax. But if Dante plays and Sexton doesn't, you're worse this year. You don't know how he fits. I don't think it works anymore. That would have been exciting, but I don't know. I don't know what the trade is. I don't know what young 3-4 would be available, but that could be an interesting option. It would be Sexton. It's fun. Like That, that injury, idea sounds so just, fun. Injuries suck. It, injury suck. it sucks. Ah. Oh. Yeah, that would have been that would have been cool. I don't know if the Cavs would do it. You never know with the Cavs. They signed Laurie Marketing to play the three, and it's working a little bit. Like that's true. I don't know what goes on there. Are, are we undervaluing Dante, Jake? Because I feel like you've been shaking your head on the Dante takes flying here. Yeah, I think I, if it's coming down to like a, a Baisley or a Kendrick Williams, I'd rather just see Dante in there. I think he he's good enough to do the switching defense, switching one through five. I'd rather play smaller and go Pat at the four or Chris at the four. I think if you're ultimately switching a matchup like KD, he's going to get who he wants on him anyways. So I, I feel like it's not as big of a deal 
um, going smaller, especially because Dante is such a good rebounder. I mean, that was one of his biggest assets was being able to rebound in those smaller lineups. And I think he could still bring that. Uh, it's just a matter of his injury timeline and when he can get back and work himself back into the game shape and hopefully be ready for playoffs. But again, we don't really know much on that front between him and Brooks. So it's all kind of left up in the air. Preaching to the choir. Uh, it's <laughs> Hopefully horse knows. Yeah. I, I, who knows at this point? Honestly, like my he other, might not know. My other buyout guy was, um, who's the guy w- wasting away on the magic? Uh, used to Terrence be. Ross? No, Terrence Ross would probably be a trade, not a buyout. Did you say it, Jake? I said Terrence Ross too. That's what I was no, going to say. No, the guy who was on the Nuggets. And then oh, Gary Harris. He couldn't Gary do Harris anymore. Yeah, Gary Harris. Yeah. Like, but at he this still point, can't play offense, by the way. I know, I know, but it's like yeah. you give it a shot, I guess. But at this point, like, really, it, let's let's assume Horse is expecting Dante and and Brooke to come back over the next couple weeks, month, whatever, how long it is, to be acclimated by playoffs. So a few months at least before the playoffs start. You're ten deep between the starters, counting Grayson in there, and then Hill, Dante, um, Pat. Who am I forgetting? Be Bobby or Brooke? Yeah, Bobby. Oh, am I, are they only nine deep? Am I double counting someone? Maybe they're only nine deep. But still, like, what role would Gary Harris even play? Like at this point, like if Dante returns, I don't think they're going to need a guard. Like it's just not going to be an issue for them. So it, that's interesting. Like their depth is working out not like I expected. Like I thought a guard might be useful or a center, obviously early. Because they had, they took three different shots at that backup four. But I do think now it's like that's the only position I really have that much interest in. Like, I don't see them making a trade to upgrade on any starters. I think they're all too good and they have no assets they would actually trade. So they're in this weird spot of like really just needing that one thing and needing, again, subjective. Maybe they could win. Yeah, you see, it. it's, it's not a weird spot. It's called being good and having yeah. a good roster. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the thing here. We're just sort of, we're, sort of trying to figure out how to make this team even better because they're already insanely good as we've seen throughout the stretch when they're everyone's healthy they've just been world beaters like what are they on the seven game win streak in terms of defense especially they're holding teams uh, first. under 100 yeah they're yeah. first in defense over the last seven games played for each team but, i think they're but, like 10th in offense in that span it's just they're just really good i think that's yeah. the takeaway here is that there's not a ton of stuff you can do with this team to really tinker and improve upon because they're so not not only just top heavy, not top. I wouldn't even consider them top heavy. Actually, that's a good. They're question. pretty Are top they, heavy. Yeah, they're, they're top they're three. Top they're big three. All yeah. on Mike's contracts. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like, they're getting good production out of their role players as well. Especially like guys like Bobby, Grace, and Pat. Like, and even George Hill on occasion, you'll he'll give some good games. But it's just. It's a well-constructed roster. And like I mentioned earlier, the obvious hole of backup center has been filled. So we're just sort of grasping at like, how could this team get any better? They probably will do something like I mentioned earlier. They're going to make a move. It's inevitable. They're gonna they're gonna find a random four off the street. If John Horst cannot find his Miritich, his Marvin Williams, his PJ Tucker, he might just like go out in the streets of Milwaukee, find the first six, eight stocky guy he can find and say, here's a contract. Uh, stocky are we going back to the 80s here i don't know it's just the first one i thought of it's <laughs> like just like a thick six eight guy you know um, so many of those just roaming around five serve forum waiting to get the call 
Yeah, it's just like you got to stay ready. Tommy. Come That's on, true. That's um, true. You don't got to get ready if you stay ready. <laughs> exactly. But my point being, even if there's not a ton of options out there, like we've tried to detail, there's not a ton. They'll be okay. R E L A X. Oh, we're back. Relax. The pack is yeah, one day, to... so I guess that's uh, that's a fitting a fitting drop. I will say one thing on just like the core that they've built. They've really done an excellent job building around a top heavy team of max contracts, like either trading for a guy with bird rights or like in Bobby's case, kind of taking the flyer and then basically stringing it along until you get to early bird at least and then bird rights. And then in Pat's case, I mean, there's a case to be made that the Bucks haven't drafted and developed well since Giannis. It's true. <laughs> Brogdon's the only guy. We'll see. No, Wara, the, the jury's out still, but they just haven't. But like, Honestly, he's 28 now, about to turn 29, so it sounds weird. But, like, Pat is a guy that they developed. They didn't draft him, but and now you have his bird rights. So that's what you see in the league these days is unless you are building a super team from scratch, which the Bucks can't do that. They're not, they're not in L.A. They're not in Miami. They don't have LeBron. They can't just summon these players. Where do you see the super teams there, Ty? Just – can I just cook? Can I – what? It's, they've had them. They've had them. They brought Anthony Davis and then a really expensive role player named Russell Westbrook. But um, that is offensive to role players. But they're finding ways to bring these guys in and keep them around long enough until they can pay them, which, as we've seen, it's just, like, really hard to bring in talent. Like, new – they just don't have the spending mechanism to do it. Like, post-getting Drew and re-signing Drew, like, it's really – it's all, like, a guy in an exception works out. Or we bring in someone who's already been on a deal who can extend, like Grayson. And I just think they are top-heavy. But the fact that you have, like, probably eight guys going forward, they're like, okay, if this is your core eight, you can pretty much contend until a couple of them get really old. It's a good place to be. Like, they have more stability than a lot of teams who have this many max slots who have to be like, okay, you from the couch are playing. They had to do that because they've been so banged up. But when they're healthy, like... You know, we talk about Wara versus Hood versus 37 versus TA. The answer is none of them. Like, unless they can upgrade, they just won't play any of them. And they have enough guys. So the depth is really staggering, considering they've gotten deeper as they've gotten more expensive, which usually it's the opposite. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of uh, baseball, like uh, small market teams going after players with options, minor league options, yeah. and just valuing that to keep players longer in your system. Um, and you look at other teams like the Lakers. I mean, they're just... And they're relying on Carmelo Anthony as their fourth guy because they literally have nobody on and bird rights. He's been all right, he's which is really wild. Good. He's shooting like ninety yeah. percent at home. It's crazy. Yeah, they just have no one on like good deals besides uh, just like one year minimums. I guess they have THT, the bird rights on him, so that was the one. But outside of that, they don't have a lot of that compared to the Bucks, where they have Bobby, Pat, and Grayson, and all those players um, going Brooke. forward. Brooke, you can and young, they're a lot younger too. That's the key too, is having these young pieces where they can grow next to Giannis and you have them long-term with him. Exactly. They're just trying to, they're teetering the line of like trying to develop guys while also uh, staying in contention, which is, it's a very tough line to really walk. We, the prime example of that being the Boston Celtics mm. who just, uh, they were all set up and they tried to maintain contending while also developing their guys. And it's, it hasn't gone great. Uh, I wish they could have I'll done say, better at developing number 37 before he came over here, man. 
<laughs> um, I tried to warn you. <laughs> they did okay with Tremont Waters, though. They did. He's been killing it. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a tough line to walk. Credit to John Horace. Credit to the organization. Um, it's just been it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been good to see them really do this. Um, what else do we really have to talk about? I, here? I think just to wrap up here, real quick, just. We kind of went in team builder mode, which is good. We haven't done that in a while. I think like a roster move happening spurred it, and that makes sense. But um, I think it's good. We oh, wait, we, we do have breaking news here. Oh, do we actually? Yeah. So we have a Giannis tweet. Oh. How do you put, how do you make a tissue dance? You put a little boogie in it. My dad jokes are back. Oh. <laughs> so that could, that confirms boogie then. Yeah, yeah that's boogie certainly confirms. The, I, it's not Giannis real breaking news, news until Giannis tweets about it. Um, the, the Bucks, I don't believe have announced it yet. No, Giannis beat the admin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wonder they might, well, it's going to be interesting. Maybe they do it tomorrow so we can start practicing on, but maybe they just do it whenever they practice for the first time because it's a per day cost. So I do Mm -hmm. think they don't play again until Wednesday. We record this Sunday. I was going to say night. I guess it's night now. The game started at four, which really threw me off, but it's not bad. Um, but I think it's nice they'll have some time to acclimate him. We'll see exactly when they announce it. But um, just in the, I guess, shorter term, we'll again go around here. Do you feel more or less confident about the Bucks' chances of repeating now, whatever they are, about a quarter-ish into the season? Maybe they exactly, they're never exactly, but close to a quarter now, than you did beforehand. And is there anything that's like shifted in a notable way? Jake, you can take the floor first. Um, I would say, yes, I was high. I had high hopes for the Bucks coming into this year. Um, but I would say more so to the fact that the Nets looked down. They haven't been able to beat anyone good. They struggled last, was it Friday night against the Suns? And that's, they played like three or four like top tier teams and lost by double digits in all of them. Um, you have the 76ers, no idea what's going on there with Ben Simmons, if there's going to be a trade or not. And I would guess the Miami Heat would be the only other team, but their depth isn't in great unless they get some buyout candidates there. So it's more so to the fact that the East is down. Um, the Bucks have been obviously going up, so that's a good sign. Um, and keep that going as well as getting healthy. But the, overall, the East is down, so I think their path to the finals is easier. And then the West is also down to the fact with all the injuries on that side. So it's more the fact that the Bucks are the best team right now. It was proven from last year, and the other teams haven't proven that they've taken that leap to match them. Yeah, like we talked about in the preseason tie before the season started, it was just uh, I was really high on Brooklyn, so I put Brooklyn ahead of Milwaukee in terms of odds to repeat, even with the the whole Kyrie saga. I just believed in them. It's just been it's been rough. Uh, their their role players like Lamarcus Aldridge is probably not going to continue shooting like seventy percent from mid range. Uh, Blake Griffin though might hit a three at some point. We, that is yet to be seen. Um, but <laughs> he's like nine of 56 in his last, like this season or something ridiculous. 16.1% uh, right now. It's ridiculous. Wait, let me pull up his actual numbers. And a lot of their bigs too on the Nets will get played off the floor in a playoff series, especially against the Bucs. They, like, I was exactly a, right, by the way. Nine of 56. Nice, good pull. They, they signed a bunch of quote unquote bigs. None of them have the size to bother the Bucs. Like none of them are big enough. So at a certain point, it's like, what was the point of this? Also, Blake shooting that poorly is fifth on their team in attempts per game. <laughs> like, 
And then Javon Carter is sixth at 31%. So, like, they have some guys just absolutely chucking. Patty and Mills it and Joe Harris yeah. are making up for and him, it, though. The thing is, the most important aspect of the Nets really struggling a little bit is James Harden's efficiency has gone down tremendously, especially within the arc and at the rim. He's not finishing at the same rate he used to. He used to be an elite, elite rim finisher. It's just not there anymore. Uh, whether that continues to be he's just not in shape yet, it's just his hamstring injury, who knows? Because the, the games keep progressing, the season keeps progressing, and he's still staying the same. So I, I don't know really what to attribute that to at this point. But the Nets have, like you mentioned, yeah, it's just they're not big. They're big, but they're not big enough to really bother the Bucks because they keep getting hammered on the boards. They keep just getting their bigs getting played off the floor. I'm very, very down on the Nets, which is why I'm much higher on the Bucks now. Much higher. They're, they should be the favorites in the East. I don't know what the betting odds are right now, but from what we've seen of the Bucks and what we've seen of the Nets, who I still think are the two top teams in the East, it's hard not to take the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I agree with both of you. I think the Bucks. I'm probably roughly the, as optimistic now as I was then. I mean, the thing now is like. Can they just get and stay healthy? That's it mostly. Like I think we've seen what we needed to see from the guys who have been playing, and even Brooke. The Brooke looked awesome night one, right? Like I think they're going to be able to beat anyone as long as they can get healthy, which is like that annoying, always present thing in the NBA where you just don't know. But it'll be nice that the finals might be the real finals for the Bucks this year, as opposed to it being the second round, because I do think Phoenix has won 16 straight games and no one cares. They've won 16 straight games. They didn't have Aiton for a lot of this. They still not have Aiton? I don't even know. No, they they do. They just keep winning. It's stupid. And everyone's like, yeah, we don't care. The Warriors are more fun. And the Warriors are still ahead of them in the West, which is crazy. I 18 we, and 2. I hope we get that series. I mean, they've they've slayed bums, but they're clearly good. They're gonna get Clay back at some point, hopefully. That series should be super fun. I hope it goes seven. I'm just glad the Bucks aren't like I mean the Nets are gonna be really hard, but those teams look really good. So I'm glad it won't be like a team that just kind of wanders through the West, which the Suns kind of did last year. They they earned it, but they clearly this year it looks like it'll be a harder path through the West. So I feel good about the Bucks' chances for sure. One last quick hitting question. I was looking at the Nets stats. Would you trade Dante for Nick Claxton? No. Would you just never trade with the Nets? Or do you not do you not like Claxton enough? Like it's Both. interesting positionally. I'm kind of low. No. I don't know if I would I just I can already see the Dante revenge game, yeah. and I want none of that. I want none of that. Plus, like, I don't know what's going on with Nick Claxton, realistically. Like he's he's struggled with injury, he's been out of shape a little bit. It's just like, and even when he's healthy, he's not playing. I don't really know what to make of that situation. I know people around the Nets don't really know what to make of that situation. It's just it's tough. Yeah. So no. I yeah, it's not. not great. Like I I think I kind of lauded the Nets for not playing DeAndre and now the Lakers started him, which is just great. But for not playing DeAndre after a certain point when they were like, okay, buddy, you just stink compared to the other guys on the team. And I don't know if that's what they're doing with the old guys. They're playing over Claxton. Like it might look like that. I don't think he's really earning the minutes. Like I think that org has shown they won't just play the old guys by default. Like DeAndre was the third guy who signed with Katie and Kyrie, right? Like it was important that he was there. And they just like shunned him, even with all the injuries. He never really played against the Bucks in the playoffs. 
there's some there is something weird going on there. So I think I agree. And now they have Cam Thomas, who apparently is going to be like the goat. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we got a big Jordan Noor is better. Ooh, I think so too. Is that even? Is that? I mean, I'm looking at the shooting splits, and it doesn't seem. Yeah, like no, it's that he's, controversial. he's I don't, It's it really isn't that controversial. Cam is shooting ten percent from three. Like, yeah, this isn't the preseason. What or the, the summer league? <laughs> uh, like he he tore apart summer league, which is why everyone was excited and. uh and uh, preseason a bit, but it just hasn't translated at all, which is why you shouldn't take those games seriously. New wow. age Rashad Vaughn. <laughs> oh, God. Shoddy. Uh, that's, uh, I feel bad for Cam Thomas. Yeah, uh, that's he, the single I mean, it's time to wrap up. We've invoked Rashad Vaughn. <laughs> he, he won MVP in something, didn't he? Yeah, some overseas league. I think we looked. I don't remember where. It was far away. He's still only 25. Potential. Wait. Yeah. he's. No, he was Ukrainian Basketball Super League Finals MVP. He didn't win a league MVP. He was Finals MVP. Led them to a title. Shouts to Rashad Vaughn. That is a great place to wrap. Say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thank you to our guest, Jake Reed's fantastic appearance. Jake, where can the people find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at JaJaReeds. Incredible stuff. Make sure you're following if you're not already. Just great content all around the box. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed on the podcast platform, Substack, YouTube, all the fun stuff. Leave a five-star review, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.